This is Just the Who of Us, where we talk about topics from spirituality, entertainment, life experience, family relationships, answer listener questions, and more. What I wanted to talk to you about today, I wanted to kind of introduce you to my audience and get to know you a little bit um, and um, introduce your podcast and and what you do. Um, it it resonates with me a lot because I I'll be forty in a, like a year and a half. And there's just a certain place that I want to be, um, especially in comparison to where I've been, uh, you know, just eating whatever my, I mean, I I try to do certain things. I don't eat red meat, you know, uh, (laughs) I cut out dark soda and then I started back drinking it and just, you know, the, the fluctuation, um, sleep issues medications for sleep and just just things that I don't want to keep doing you know your focus was really interesting to me because not only do I feel like it's beneficial to myself I feel like it could be beneficial to a lot of my audience Um, absolutely and I I was where you are now and I was um, 41 when mm -hmm. somebody questioned what I was doing um, and that's when it started opening doors for me. I did lots of lots of research and then I started changing my life. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of uh, about who you are and then we'll get to the what what you do. Okay, I am Sarah Dawkins. <laughs> and it took me a long time to understand who I am outside of uh, my job title. Um, and I think I've got a a hippie heart and a gypsy soul. <laughs> um, I've been married for 32 years. I have a 36-year-old son, a 29-year-old daughter, and we have a little rescue dog, and uh, we feed a stray cat. Uh, I live in the mountains <laughs> in Spain in a fantastic little village in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and life is good. It's very simple. We live a very, very simple life, but it's good. It's, I wouldn't say it's easy because, you know, there's a lot of fruit picking to be done and tree pruning and weeding, but it's, it's a good life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that an easy life is not necessarily always a good life, right? Because when we do the easy things, we're not really putting a lot of work in. And it's not until we start putting that consistent work in that we're really in a good place most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, I've learned um, over the past few years that it's when we we have that confidence or find that confidence within us and step outside of our comfort zone, we keep growing our comfort zone so it gets larger and larger. And in doing so, it builds us more confidence. And then the more confidence we get, the more able we to keep we are to keep stepping outside of our comfort zone. So our comfort zone is forever growing. And and as we do more and more things outside of our comfort zone, we learn and grow more in ourselves as well. So it's like, it's self-development. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Sorry, I got a phone call that's distracting me a little bit. Um, So, Tell me a little bit about your your background with medicine. Um, part of what you do is not medication. 
um, yeah. less medication, more self-care. Tell me a little bit about your medical background and what kind of led you out of that. So my mom was a nurse and, um, you know, she talked about the work that she did. And I always aligned with that because I'm thinking, I, you know, it's helping other people especially when they're vulnerable in, you know, in the hospital settings and they've come in for operations or care, they're really vulnerable at those times. And I really aligned with that and wanted to do the same. I wanted to help people on their own journey back to wellness. So I did my training as a nurse slightly later in life, um, but nonetheless, I trained as a nurse and worked as a nurse for 20 years. But during that, that time, I'd stuff, somebody questioned something I was doing at home um, around medication. So I started to do some research and look sort of outside that medical model box because I'd always been in it, you know, you, here's the box that's when you're sick, you go to a doctor, the doctor gives you a prescription, a diagnosis, yeah. and you take the pills and you're healed. And that was all I ever knew. And I was 41 when um, somebody questioned what I was doing around medicine. So I'm like, why would they say that? So I went home and started doing some research and one door opened, five doors opened, 50 doors opened. Wow, just, you know, just so many doors. And um, every night I was researching on the internet and it was just blowing my mind, the things I was reading about how capable we are as human beings to heal ourselves more efficiently when we support our body. And this was... This was relatively new to me. I knew our bodies healed because I watched people come into hospital following a heart attack. They have bits cut out, bits put in and uh, stitched up and they go home different people yeah. with, you know, with more life and their body continues to heal whatever it was that we did in the hospital. Yeah. So I started stepping outside that medical model and looking at how can I heal myself because I had the regular psoriasis, eczema, acid reflux, all of which are linked to stress and lifestyle, and specifically gluten and dairy as well mm -hmm. exacerbate all of those three symptoms. And then I went on to develop candida, uh, an underactive thyroid. Uh, I had two frozen shoulders, one one year, one the next. I had hip, knee, and neck pains and I eventually burned out my adrenal glands dropped my blood pressure so very very low and it stayed there for years um, and then I finally ended up with um, a really deep dark depression and, and I, I had suicidal thoughts so I was healing all of that without resorting to medicine because I've started my journey I'm like well how am I going to heal this um, so as I was healing, I mean, part of it was potluck, part of it was the physical side of it, because, you know, when we think about healing, it's like, we're going to eat better, sleep better, hydrate, take a bit of exercise. And we put healing into that box, which is purely physical. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. as I started to heal, I realized there was like some mental aspects to it. There's the, the mental health you know, looking after your mind. So there's um, meditation and mindfulness, but there's also things like being creative and learning a language, you know, using your mind in other ways. So there's that is encompassed within that mental work as well. And then there's the spiritual work, which is about getting back in touch with that voice inside you. Um, and lots of people call that voice 
different names and it doesn't matter what name we give to it some people call it the divine the angels spirit other people call it their inner wisdom their higher self it really doesn't matter about the name but it's about getting back in touch with that voice and listening to it because it wants what's best for us yes and the the piece that I didn't realize that I needed to work on for healing was the emotional side of it didn't even consider that yeah and that basically was was going back into my past and healing some of the well healing all of those emotional traumas one by one by one just working through those um and that basically encompasses not just looking at ourselves you know, why are we in this position and what traumas have I been through? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, when I was in that deep, dark depression, I was really in victim mode. Look at me, look what's happened to me, poor me. And I really felt that. But as part of our healing, we have to feel that. We have to accept that's where we're at at the time and yes. look at what we can do to step out of that. And part of stepping out of that is looking at who else is involved in what's going on now that's making me feel a victim or what happened in the past who was involved in that and when Mm. we start looking at the people in our lives in our younger years and start wondering and being curious about what happened to those people in their younger years that would make them do what they did and what they said to us when we can start taking that on board it puts a new perspective into it. And we think about those people who hurt us. Well, what were they like as a three-year-old, as a five-year-old, mm. as a nine-year-old? What happened in their lives to change them, to make them say or do those things to us? So when we can look at that with compassion and understanding, we can accept it's happened. We can't change the past, but we can accept right. it and look at it through different eyes. And then when we look at it through those different eyes, we can maybe send them love and, and share compassion, not necessarily face to face, but in our mind's eye, we can do that inner healing work, healing, you know, just sort of giving out that love and compassion to other people because everybody's been through something yes. that's changed them. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the crux of my healing. I really, you know, dug deep into healing when I did that. And it was after I'd started the emotional side of the healing that I then left nursing and stepped fully into the work I do now, helping other people to heal themselves by looking at these four pillars, the physical, the mental, the emotional and the spiritual, and help them to to either stay off of uh, pharmaceuticals or wean themselves off of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah. And the background work I had as a nurse and that understanding of how the medical model treat people, I think has helped me in my position today because I understand many of those medical conditions and how they're treated in the medical model, but also how we can treat them outside of the medical model to help people to help themselves because everybody heals themselves. Nobody can heal somebody for them. They can help support people on their own journey in their own, in their own way to heal themselves. There's so many good points here. <laughs> I'm like taking notes to make sure that I, that I hit on some of these because really it, I, I've, I, t- 
have talked about the wellness wellness wheel a fair amount of times. Um, it was all I focused on for like a month. I went through every component. I love it so much because it it is such a factor. I mean, all the components around us and within us are all factors of our total well-being, right? Um, you mentioned, you know, going back and looking at certain people that have hurt us, looking at them as kids. And it's it's crazy that you say that because I've been doing this kind of recently with my father. Um, so my father, my mom and my dad were together until I was like five or so, I think. And then I we moved back here to be with my mom's family and I was seven. So, you know, I had like the formative years with my father and then a lot of them apart. Um, he struggled with addiction, alcoholism and different things throughout my life. And our relationship was pretty up and down. Um, I, you know, at one point kind of saw him. I stayed away for a little bit. I was, you know, kind of here and there. And then I came back and just saw certain things that kind of scared me and that that made me uncomfortable um, with, you know, seeing him in addiction and, and certain things, seeing him kind of be aggressive, like toward my sister and things that I just, I was like, whoa, I don't really want to know this about you. <laughs> you know, like I want to keep that, that image of, of the, you know, the pictures that I have of my father, I want to keep him that way. And so I went back to staying away again and um, he became pretty sick. I just randomly one day decided to drive an hour and a half away and just pop up and kind of start this reconciliation. Um, he passed away almost a year ago. And it there's something that my stepmom said to me. Um, she and I had a rocky relationship. Really, really, it was my fault because... I was just this, oh, you're my stepmom. You don't tell me what to do. And, you know, she tried to make rules and structure and I wasn't used to that, you know, so I, I held a lot of things against her. Um, she, upon trying to, you know, rekindle those relationships there within that family, I, I started trying to work on mine with her and realized a lot of things from my childhood. Um you know, kind of realizing that like, oh, she wasn't just trying to be this nagging, annoying other woman. Like she was really trying to create structure in my life that I really could have used, <laughs> you know, like she was just trying to really be a mom. And so she made a comment not too long ago. And she's like, you know, your dad really loved you. He just had a lot of demons he had a lot of things that he struggled with from his childhood on and it sat with me, you know? So I've really been trying to like, you know, it, it, it's too late, but it's not, he's not here, but it's not because I'm still here and, and he, I'm still his daughter. Right. So I, I really have been trying to kind of take that in consideration. Well, you know, cause I, cause I'm always, I've always kind of been angry too. Like, well, you chose this addiction over being a good father and. But addiction's a coping mechanism. Right. So let's go back and unpack, like what happened with him to, for him to become an addict, Yeah. you know, and instead of 
well, he chose that over, over this and, you know, whatever. I've been through certain things. I've never, I've smoked weed, but that's it. Like I've never explored anything else. Um, I did have an issue with alcohol for a while though. You know, there's a part of me at one point that's kind of been like, well, I've never done drugs except for weed. So I don't see how other people can. And that was really like, that's really close-minded of me, you know? I'm not, I don't think like that now, but no, that's but it's how where I used you were. To kind of be. Yeah, it's where you were at that point in your life. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think making that statement is, is so profound because it, it even just me myself, it, it's been helpful for yes. me to try to understand some things and me not to harbor this kind of anger, you know, that, and even try to look at our relationship a little bit differently. I was mad at him for so long. Yeah. And kind of diving into that, dissecting that, well, well, what, what was kind of the, uh, the domino that, that fell, that created that effect to lead things the way they were, you know, um, and kind of taking blame off of ourselves for the things that we can't control as children, because <laughs> that's important too. <laughs> um, but that, that, and, and the wellness wheel, the, the components of the wellness wheel, I'm such a huge fan everything our mental our physical our emotional our financial our spiritual it, it all ties in it all ties in together and yes you know, it's holistic yeah yeah Healing's holistic yes and and it's not people okay i'm gonna ask you this question i have my own answer but i want to know yours so if someone were to ask you mm-hmm. where where in this wheel should i start where on this list of the components of the spiritual the physical the mental the emotional the financial where do I start like is is there a place to start or I don't feel like I can get I gotta get everything together so I gotta change all of these how do I do that I think I would have to ask that person where do you feel it's beneficial for you to start Mm-hmm. And, and put it back to them but also um not to overwhelm people because when we look at everything as a whole it, it could potentially be huge amounts of total lifestyle changes absolutely yeah so it's baby steps choose one small thing and commit to doing it for 30 days so it becomes a habit it becomes a, a part of your lifestyle yeah because when when we're making these changes it's not as a punishment to ourselves. Right, and some right, people right, see right. it as that. Oh, well, I'm not allowed to eat that anymore. I'm not allowed to do that anymore. No, it's not a punishment. It's we're choosing to do this to benefit and support our health. Yeah. So we, we need to look at it as a choice. So whether that's drinking a glass of water extra a day, whether that's looking back at your past to do some emotional healing, whether that's improving your sleep hygiene, whether that's doing some meditation just to sit down and get back in touch with that inner voice. It doesn't matter. Wherever that person feels they want to start is a good place to start. We could always direct them. Yeah. But first and foremost, I would ask them where they feel they want to make the start or where they think they could get the biggest gains from or what, you know, what they think that is doable for them 
right here, right now, today in this moment? What could they start to do? Um, and then just choose to do that every day for the next 30 days to build it into a habit because it, it really is baby steps so that we don't overwhelm people yes. um, with change. If they can choose what they want and commit to doing it, then it's coming from them rather yeah. than us telling them, look, do this, do this, do this. And they go, whoa, that's just way too much stuff to do all in one row. Yeah. And as, as, um, as somebody once said, a li little bit every day is better than a whole lot of nothing. 100%. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So whatever they feel like, whatever they, they you know, think they could do. Uh, and and it's you know just to support them in in making those small changes yeah so much of coaching is supporting um yeah. you know we help you create these goals we don't necessarily tell you how to do it step by step right there's so many other factors that go in, um, help you create these goals. And then we assist you in accomplishing the small goals to get to the big goal. And even without being a coach, just being maybe, you know, a support system of someone's, if, you know, somebody, you know, you're not a coach, you're just, you're a family member, you're a friend is going through this lifestyle change, um, or they're kind of stuck in this, well, my life is not where I want it to be. I don't know how to get it to where I want. It's, it's, it's completely doable to be supportive without being a professional, right? Um, being yeah. a, a part of a support system, just being there when they're doing good, when they're doing bad, when they're struggling, when they don't know what to do, kind of helping asking uh kind of open-ended questions helping them figure out what it is they want and need to do to get to where they need to be um and sometimes think, just listening as well sometimes yeah, people yeah. feel the need to offload without any any sort of suggestions of help they just need to offload some yes. words some emotions and just to be able to listen to them and and hear them and see them because a lot of people come from a background where they were unheard unseen children and unvalidated yeah, so yeah. just to, to hear and, and see somebody and validate their emotions you know yeah. they're having these emotions of course they're valid because they're having the emotions right 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 it's valid because it's something you're experiencing absolutely, absolutely yeah yeah um i want to talk a little bit about your book heal yourself so I have a friend, we'll just call her Gifted. Okay. And um, when I was in the deep depression, she said, you'll write a book. I'm like, you kidding? I'm like, where's that come from? <laughs> like right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to get through every day. Uh, I've got no intention of writing a book. Um, but anyways, I started to feel better. From the depression, they started, they started to seem a bit lighter and I wasn't crying all the time. I thought, well, you know, I've, I've not taken antidepressants. I've done them in the past um, after the birth of my son okay. with postnatal depression. And I'm gotcha. like, I did, they made me feel like a zombie. I said, I didn't want to do that again. 
So starting to write about how I'd healed the depression and, and in healing the depression, I also healed my thyroid and a couple of years later with keep the lifestyle changes and that my adrenals start to, to function fully again because um, it takes a long time for adrenal fatigue yeah. to come back. So um, so I started to write about what I was doing and how I was doing it, thinking, well, my own healing journey will help other people to know that it is possible to heal these conditions yeah. without pharmaceuticals. So I wrote all about my own story, but in it I put like, you know, the vic- I still allows this victim and this was happening and that was happening. So I have 10,000 words. I'm like, okay, so close the book, don't know what to do with it now, so put it back on my computer um, and, and left it there for five years because I didn't know where it was going. It was just like, it was cathartic to get everything out. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But I didn't know what the crux of my book was going to be, what its name was, why I was writing it, other than to try and help other people. And then one day I just woke up like, okay, so it's got to be a book just about natural healing so I deleted all the stuff about you know the victim mode and what had happened and why it happened and everything I'm like so I've had these conditions and I've healed them by doing this this and this and and then I reached out on social media and said you know has anybody healed anything does anybody want to write about their healing and share it to help others to see that it is possible because you know when you talk about healing burned out adrenal glands i've had several people come back to me and say that's not possible well yes it is because my blood pressure is now near normal it's not like in the gutter yeah Yeah. um i've healed my thyroid which is a autoimmune uh Mm -hmm. the eczema and the psoriasis were also autoimmune i healed the depression i healed the pains um the candida healed all of it without pharmaceuticals so so I'd written about my own story just purely based on healing 74 other people came back with their own stories about healing in their own words and um so my book was born um and I wanted to call it heal yourself because that's essentially what we're all doing we're all healing ourselves and in the hope that our own healing helps other people to see that it's possible but we also share what we did to heal so other people can heal the conditions that we've healed. And there's, there's so many different autoimmune conditions, um, cancer, mm-hmm. ALS, multiple sclerosis, uh, Lyme, um, allergies, asthma, sensitivities, chemical sensitivities, electromagnetic sensitivities, emotional breakdowns so many different things all these people have healed and documented what they did on their own journey to heal um colitis diverticulitis crohn's um hormones so many different things all these people have healed and and written about it yeah so we're sharing all of our journeys to say look you can do healing you know we've done this um, and then at the back, after after collating all my book and, and bringing it together, I put in the, the four pillars that I realized that healing encompasses after my own and, and reading everybody else's healing. Mm-hmm. So I put that in as an end note. And I've since learned a bit more because it was just over two years now that I um, published my book. So I've learned, to, you know, life's, life's a journey, isn't it? We're always learning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've learned more and more and built on 
my own healing plus the knowledge I've gained from these beautiful people who shared their healing as well. Um, and I originally um, entered a Hay House competition to try and publish my book through Hay House. Um, that was my ideal when I thought I'm writing this book. <laughs> we'll go with Hay House Publishing. Um, and I didn't come anywhere in the competition, but I took that as a sign from the universe because Hay House said, when you win the competition, it's going to take 18 months to get your book out on the market to go through all the processes. I'm like, so the universe is telling me my book needs to come out before 18 months. Yeah. So, um, so I self-published it on Amazon. Um, and I've since found the English version in Barnes & Noble in America. So they've taken it up. And it's now there's a few other online um, shops, stalls, places selling um, my, my English version book as well. Yeah. So, so it's now in English, Spanish, Dutch and French. <laughs> And that's, that's amazing too, because, you know, you've taken these experiences and not only you share them where you live, you share them in, in other places, you share them in other languages, which leaves it open for so many other people to have access to them, yes. which is really cool because, uh, especially when we talk about self-help and growth and, and self-improvement and things like that. I feel like a lot of times we just kind of like think about us. Um, sometimes we think about sharing our stories, right? So to have other people come share theirs in your own book, it is really cool for one. Um, but then to have it in other languages and to take it other places, how many other people can I help? Where can I reach? You know, how far I can, I can reach as far as I want to, you know, yeah. to utilize those resources is, is really commendable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because you know, not everybody speaks English, right. uh, and that was that was the crux of why I wanted the different languages. And I've got a lady translating it into Greek as well oh, at the nice. moment, and I'm thinking about other languages as well, just yeah. just to help people to see that healing is possible, that we can heal ourselves when we support ourselves, um, yeah. and just yeah. forgive them because the people who've translated my book have all said it's just so. Um, inspirational that they felt that that even though they've got nothing to heal that it it, it gave them it gave them the inspiration that they could do anything they wanted to do and one yeah. lady said I think I'm going to move house <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, just because of the inspiration what the people have have, have gone through and shared yeah. you know that's led her to believe it's about belief you know so she believes now she can do whatever she wants to do not yeah. just around healing, but in her whole life. Yeah. Well, and two, it's, you know, it, when, because not everybody experiences everything, right? So when there's things that you haven't personally experienced, but you learn about them, it gives you ability so, to be supportive of, of other people who do yeah. go through these things. Or like you said, to apply, apply them in other areas of your own life. Yeah. Um, as a writer, sometimes I have learned that, it can be very kind of like up and down, you know, it can be an, an emotional ride. And when you're choosing a niche, when you're choosing an audience, sometimes I've felt like in the beginning with certain books that I've written or even starting the podcast, um, it's kind of like, okay, well, other people have already talked about this though. So, so why should I talk about it? You know, um, because the world is not healed 
right? So as long as the world is not healed, there's still more room for us to talk about the same thing because we are all individuals with our individual experience. Five people can talk about the same topic, but five of those are completely different perspectives, even with the same outcome, you know? So I want to kind of put that out there to encourage someone if you're listening and you're, you know, maybe like, like you were talking about the woman who was like, oh, I have the inspiration to do this, even though these particular stories aren't relatable to me. You know, if you are listening, be inspired, be inspired to to change whatever it is in your life that's been kind of holding you back from changing your whole life. Um, pick, pick, pick that one spot. Um, and, and just go with it. And the other things will fall into place once you fo- focus holistically. Um, if you're a writer, you want to do a podcast and you're kind of like, ah, but other, there's already other people out there talking about this. Talk about it anyway. Talk about it anyway. Because on my podcast, I talk about holistic healing. I talk about um, life experiences, relationships, all these things. Um, and so do other people right? You know, and you have people to to talk about their experiences with healing themselves, healing relationships, healing different things. And so do other people. Great. Keep talking about it. You know, it, it's the world is so big and there's so many things that we can do with it. Um, you know, I I think it's 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 incredible and it's it's inspiring to to be able to kind of take that from something that well I can't relate to this specifically I haven't experienced this but this makes me want to do this you know yeah um, and believe in yourself as well that's that's the key to yeah. believe like I believe that I could heal myself yeah. um, and that's why I refused medicine from the doctors yeah. Um, he didn't have the faith in me that I had in the, f- the faith in me, but, yeah. but that's fine, you know. So that's okay. I believe, that's why you're here now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I believe that because, and and you know, when you when you believe you can, you're halfway there. You know, you've just got to keep going with that belief in yourself that you can do and overcome, um, yeah. and and reach those goals. Yeah. I- my my husband is currently he's changing his habits um specifically with eating and and physical activity so today will be day three <laughs> and he came in yesterday he he went to the range and you know for those of you who know anything about shooting there's certain guns that you shoot that is like a whole body thing <laughs> most of them really is like you know, you're practicing, you're working on your stance, you're holding different things and it can be a whole body thing. He's not usually this like worn out from it though. Um, so yesterday was day two of him like eating clean, <laughs> cutting out dairy, cutting out uh, whites, breads, rices, things like that. Um, cutting out sugar, I think that's what he's, I think those are the three things he's focusing on. Um, And so the first day he was just like, I'm just really hungry. (laughs) You know, I'm hungry. And he's, you know, counting calories and things like that, portion sizes, 
it's like I'm really hungry we yesterday so we went to the range and he comes in and he was like I'm not as hungry but I'm so tired like I'm so you know if I can just get through this week then, then I'll be okay you know it it is it's lifestyle change is different uh, it difficult. Is. and it's detoxing as well his body yeah. will be detoxified exactly yeah because gluten the effects of gluten, gluten and dairy cause inflammation. And mm-hmm. I know specifically that gluten, it takes six weeks for your body to heal the inflammation after oh, you stop. Wow. wow. I didn't realize it took that long. <laughs> Most people don't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he's just like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's difficult. It's a process, you know, it, it it's, process, yeah. It's like anything else, any lifestyle change. And the only reason it's difficult is because your brain and your body is used to that, that, uh, consistency. Yeah. When you try to remove, I, I've, I've been trying to make certain changes too. I used to go to Dunkin' every single day. Most of the time I wouldn't get any, get food. I just get, you know, something to drink. Or if I did get food, I got like, you know, cause my, my habits have stipulations, right? <laughs> So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not getting like sugary stuff. I'll just get, you know, like a turkey sausage uh, croissant or, you know, something like that. But I have become so repetitive in my habits. It's like my brain. It's like, oh, there's McDonald's. Go get a Coke Zero. Oh, there's Duncan. Go get this drink. There's, I don't really go to Starbucks a lot, but oh, there's Starbucks. They have the, the, I don't know, mocha peppermint something. And, um, I'm in the car yesterday. I, I was in the car for a little bit. I had to run a couple of errands and I'm literally like, oh, no, <laughs> no, you don't need it. No, you yeah. don't need it. You know, yeah. it's so it's habitual. Of, that... Yeah, but it's full of chemicals. It's full of trans fat. It's full of crap, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not it's not real food. It's food like. Right, you, right. And you can make such great nutritious meals at home. Yeah. My my favorite thing to do is make a veggie tray. And I know that might sound like simple or weird or something. I don't know. But I make a veggie tray, carrots, celery, or cucumbers. And typically like like cut up blocks of cheddar cheese. And, And I put that in there. And that's kind of like. I don't really buy chips every once in a while I'll buy like certain chips low sodium you know whatever whatever you know the the stipulations of the habit um but I'm like okay if I can just make me a good veggie tray maybe maybe some broccoli cauliflower make a good veggie tray and, and put it in there then we all have something to snack on and we're not wanting to run get something or get chips or whatever because I, I used to like I used to have all the the kid-friendly kid-friendly quote-unquote snacks in my house right yeah. my 14 year old I think she was like 12 at the time she's like mom can you please stop buying this stuff and I was like yeah I should probably do that right like if my kid is asking me to do that maybe she's maybe a little bit younger it's been a it's been a while it's been maybe like she was like 10 or so because it's been a while since I've just like kept chips and and ramen and all that crap you know um yeah like if my if my child was like mom can you stop buying this crap 
I should probably listen to her. <laughs> Have you thought about um, hummus as well? I make hummus out of chickpeas. Yeah. Um, and that's great with a veggie tray. Yes, yes. Yeah, instead of like a like a veggie, like a ranch dip or something like that. Yeah, we have yeah. a couple cons in there now. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and then medication too. Um, you know, we're talking about medicine and just kind of I, I mean I have certain family members who I know and even friends who are like oh this is bothering me grab grab this to take or go grab some ibuprofen and, and it's one of the things that kind of my father would just take like handfuls ibuprofen and I don't know it just has stuck out to me for so long um my kids even I very rarely offer medicine for quick fixes only if it's like oh I've got like a really bad headache which very rarely happens or you know period cramps and they're just intense and I'm like okay you can you know uh put a a heating pad on your back maybe take a like a couple ibuprofen you know but it's got to be pretty intense I've even asked you know specifically with periods because a couple of my kids, they have really intense cramps, really bad back pain. And, um, well, you know, we'll try the heating pad and things like that. If on a rare occasion, I feel like it's really bad and I do offer them ibuprofen, most of the time they say no. They, no, I'm, I'm okay without it, you know. And and over time of doing that, I realized, okay, well, stop offering this quick fix. Teach them how to do other things. Um, you know, I, I, I had a hysterectomy. Yeah. Hmm. yeah yeah I, I that's something I've learned too like because it's like oh I'm cramping I'm sore I don't want to do anything but being yeah. active actually does help as it as does. much as it sounds like it would hurt <laughs> but yeah. it's true yeah but that's a lot of things though your physical activity is really helpful to a lot of your ailments and it you know we kind of go through these I, I know myself one of my daughters, we go through these cycles where we're like, I go hard. I I'm in the gym. I'm doing Pilates. I'm doing all these things. And then the slightest, I get sick. I got sick. And then I didn't go to the gym for like a month. And I was like, what am I doing with my, I'm not even sick anymore. Three and a half weeks later, like what is happening? You know, but being physically active, the less you do it, the harder it is to get back into it. And it's, it's one of the things that um, I have, a wrestling trainer here and you know I gotta there's a little bit of, of depression and you know anxiety and other things and we kind of get into this cycle and I'm like but you gotta move because yes. it's like every time I don't go to the gym for a month and I go back it hurts like crazy <laughs> every time you don't jog and, and do these other things and then you start doing it again it's difficult because it hurts because you've become come stagnant, you know. Yeah. But the more consistent we are, the less difficult it is to do. It is physically to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think we—that's about all the time we have for today. Um, <laughs> can I share my website? Yes. At let us know where we can find you. Um, socials, your website, all the things. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, just type in my name, sarahdawkins.com. Sarah with an H, Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. Um, my 
book there are links to my book there are links to my podcast there are links to all my socials my youtube everything is on my website perfect and i will be on the podcast too so (laughs) if you like me check that out and then you'll fall in love with her and then you have two podcasts to listen to so (laughs) absolutely (laughs) all right well thank you for being here and we look forward to having you back wonderful thank you Rhea thank you for having me on your podcast you're welcome visit www.philology.net to check out our workbooks autobiography receive our weekly wrap-ins monthly blog emails and much more